0: The best thing you can do for your kids is have a strong marriage. And so people get so kid-centric in the homeschooling world that they sometimes lose sight of the fact that their marriage is more important than their parenting. In fact, their marriage is their parenting in many respects. Mm -hmm. That's true. So I think that's really important.
1: This podcast is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. Homeschooling is an exciting adventure we take with our children. One of the most challenging parts of this journey is choosing the curriculum you want to use. BJU Press Homeschool is a curriculum you can trust. All the books, resources, and videos have been designed with you and your child in mind. Their curriculum is educationally robust and rich, taking into account that children have different learning styles, strengths, and needs. Mom, you are in charge. BJU Press Homeschool is here to come alongside and support you. Do you need help with the teaching load, or is there a subject you just don't want to teach? Their amazing video courses are available for all grades in almost every subject. BJU Press Homeschool believes that homeschooling can produce a new generation of students who know God, love their neighbors, and stand firm in their faith. For more information, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the Zan Tyler podcast. I'm your host, Zan Tyler. This podcast is devoted to encouraging you in your homeschool journey through conversations with amazing homeschool leaders and advocates. I wanted to remind you to please subscribe or follow this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. That may be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts please leave a review and rating, especially on Apple Podcast, if this show has helped you on your homeschool journey. It really helps the podcast out, and we sure do appreciate it. Also, we are now on YouTube, so if video is your style, please like and subscribe to the Zantyler Podcast on YouTube. And be sure to go to the website, Zantyler.com. You can find all my social handles there for the show, like Facebook and Instagram. You can also send me a message. So now, with all of that out of the way, let me introduce you to my guest. Today on the podcast, I'm excited to welcome Michael Ferris. Michael Ferris was the founder and president of Homeschool Legal Defense Association and continues to serve as board chairman. He recently served as the president and CEO of Alliance Defending Freedom. He's been a leader on Capitol Hill for over 30 years and is widely known for his leadership on homeschooling, religious freedom, and the preservation of American sovereignty. A prolific author, Mike Ferris has been recognized with a number of awards, including the Heritage Foundation's Salvatory Prize for American Citizenship, and is one of the top one hundred faces in education for the twentieth century by Education Week magazine. Mike and Vicky have ten children, twenty nine grandchildren with more on the way. So please welcome Mike Ferris. So Today, it is my really great pleasure to introduce one of my good friends, Mike Ferris. I'm so excited to have him on the podcast. There have been three men in my life who have protected and defended me at all costs. One is my dad, one is my husband, Joe, and the other is my good friend, Mike. So Mike, I can't wait to talk to you about all you have done and all the Lord has done through you. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Well, Zan, you are indeed a dear friend. I love you and Joel very much, and uh, just glad to be able to be with you today.
1: So I'll never forget. You've probably forgotten, but I'll never forget the first time I talked to you. We had just gotten a bad law passed in South Carolina. It was tolerable until it was amended, and we'll talk about that later. That made it a really bad law. And while I was down at the legislature one day, I just got to read you this quote. This guy was giving me a real hard time about working for new laws because laws never changed anybody's heart. And later that day I wrote I read this quote by Martin Luther King Jr. It may be true that law cannot make a man love me, but it can keep him from lynching me, and I think that's pretty important.
0: Yeah. What's <laughs> and and so, I get that
1: so I um all the things you have done at HSLDA and all the things you have done for me have really you know, the law doesn't change hearts, but it does protect people. It's protected thousands and thousands of people, the laws you've helped with in the courses you've litigated. And, uh, and it's helped millions of kids be homeschooled growing up knowing God and scripture. So, man, you're amazing.
0: Well, that, and Zan, that's very, very kind. And yes, I was there. Yes, I played a role, but, uh, as you well know, none of this is done alone. You know, there's, always a group of people working on it. Uh, You and I work together on so many different issues in South Carolina and there are other people that have done things in other states. But behind it all and above it all is God. Without God's blessing, without God's protection, none of this is possible. I I view myself as like a culvert. I I hope that your listeners are country enough to know what a culvert is (laughs) and end up um, the, you know, things either can flow through me or I can mess my life up and I I can be a muddy culvert and then things don't flow through through me as well. So uh, when I'm when I'm at my best, I'm a clean culvert and I just praise God that He's used me uh, over the years.
1: So uh, before we get started with the question, I did think about one other thing I wanted to share and it's the scripture verses. When I think about you and when I pray for you, Mike, this is f- these are the verses that always come to mind. The first is from Proverbs thirty-one eight which it says, speak up for those who have no voice. And man, that has been your life, speaking up for people, whether it's internationally in communist countries, whether it's in the United States, speaking up for homeschoolers. Um, I'll never forget we had a brother in need and you put together this care package with your network of friends. I've just never seen anybody speak up for people like that. The second one is seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. And I, you know, there's so many important people in this world, but none of them I know that seek God in His Word like you do, and you've borne fruit a hundredfold, like that verse in Matthew and Mark says. So, Mike, I just think you're pretty incredible. So let's let's well, start with um, let's start with the questions. I'm not usually a fangirl, but man, I'm <laughs>
0: to you. <laughs> well, you, all I can do is sit here and blush. You know, so. <laughs>
1: Okay. okay. So tell us about your family, because you've got a few anyway. kids and a few grandkids.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, um, to, I guess to a little preface, my, when my wife and I were dating, uh, I won a college speech contest advocating zero population growth, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it's true. I'm absolutely true. Um, and
1: oh, I'm glad me, you're on our side now. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. Um, we have 10 kids and 29 grandkids so far. Uh, we're likely to have a few more. Um, we have a few units still in production and, uh, you know, <laughs> a few more uh, that may well have some kids. So um, we're just praising God for what he's done. I, I, I like to tell liberals, you take over America your way. We'll take over America our way.
1: <laughs> Amen. So how did you and Vicki start homeschooling?
0: Well, um
1: so this is we, back in the 80s for people eight,
0: who- Yeah, this is in a, about 81, 82. Uh, it's either one of those two years. And um, Vicki heard uh, Dr. Raymond Moore on Focus on the Family Broadcast and got interested in the idea of homeschooling, uh, but... Was afraid to talk to me about it because my dad had been a public school principal. Not that we were interested in public schools per se. In fact, our our daughter was in a Christian school in first grade at the time, our oldest daughter. Uh, we were committed to Christian education. Um, but just institutionalized schooling, you know, I, I'd, I'd wanted uh, Christian to go to preschool when she was three. And, you know, I, I, I just had all these aggressive schooling kind of tendencies in me. Um, and so she'd been praying about how to. Uh, get me to uh, be willing to talk about homeschooling. And I was working for Tim and Bev LaHaye at the time, officially Bev, but if you work for Bev LaHaye, you work for Tim LaHaye too. And it was a great great privilege to work with them for a number of years. Um, But they were recording a television show. um, It was actually at the Osmond Studios in Orem, Utah. And um, they had several episodes, several guests, and they had Dr. Raymond Moore as one of the guests. And uh, Doctor Moore cornered me and the Hayes daughter, who's about my age, Linda, and talked to us kind of as a duo there, convinced both of us that we should go back and uh, talk to our spouses. And we wanted to homeschool. You know, that was that was the point. I mean, he he had me convinced in about thirty minutes that it was a good idea. So I went home to Vicky to talk about it, and she was already convinced. I mean, she was just praying for me, so it was a real answer to prayer on her part, but. Uh, You know, in in realistically, um, we decided to try it. That would be the better way of saying it, because we didn't know anybody that was homeschooling. There were very, very few people. We eventually, in the first year of homeschooling, we found two other families within about a 50-mile radius that we could find that were homeschooling. And so, you know, we tried it, and... The you know the rest is history. We just never looked back. Once we got about three or four months in, we realized this was the right thing for us to be doing.
1: So, how many years? Do you have any clue how many years you ended up homeschooling? It was ten kids. It was a long time.
0: So thirty three years. Um, you know, it wasn't one child for thirty three years. It was you know, <laughs> spread out. Uh, and so, um, yeah. But um, our oldest daughter, uh, kindergarten and first grade, in a Christian school. But after that, everybody was homeschooled all the way through.
1: That's pretty amazing. I remember the first time Joe and I came up with the boys, Lizzie wasn't born yet, to Paeonian Springs, where your office was. I don't remember how old Michael was, but the other day I was going through some old files, and I found a copy of leather the boys had sent him. Ty said, Dear Mocha, it was nice to meet you. I'm sorry you have all those sisters.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, well, he was the point, first boy he... with six with five older sisters, so <laughs> yeah, he had he had a work cut out for him. Yeah, sure. but
1: I know he was blessed by all those girls. Yeah, um, that's right. So, tell you know, one of the things, Mike, I think that is so just stands out about you so much as a public figure is your relationship with Dick. Your marriage is so strong, and, and as a matter of fact, Joe and I were at your fiftieth wedding anniversary yeah. party not yeah. too long ago. That's right. So tell us a little bit about what you did, what you and Vicki have done to keep your marriage strong all these years.
0: Well, um, there's a variety of things. Um, um, but the, I mean, the starting point is God. I mean, uh, we, we, we both have a strong faith in God and, and, and that is the foundation for all of our thinking, all our planning, you know, everything about it. So, um, that, you know, doesn't go without saying, but it's, it, it is the, the fabric, you know, that, that is the, the building block of everything. And so, um, but, you know, we, even when we were dating, we learned to talk things out. Um, and we basically have adopted a, a, a practice that we don't go to bed unless things are okay between us. And so, You know, there've been some nights we, you know, we may have seen the sunlight before we went to bed, but but uh, that's been a while since we've done that. But uh, kids
1: tend to make cause a lot more stress. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, but nonetheless, um, you know, we talk things through and uh, we we make time for each other. I mean, one of the things I've said on a lot of homeschool conferences the best thing you can do for your kids is have a strong marriage. Um, and so people get so kid-centric in the homeschooling world that they sometimes lose sight of the fact that their marriage is more important than their parenting. In fact, their marriage is their parenting in many respects. Mm, that's true. So I think that's really important. Um, one of the I would have to say that we prayed together pretty much over the years, but it was about nine years ago that one of our daughters uh, was having infertility issues uh angie our daughter was and and she uh, and her husband had tried a variety of treatments and they were going to give up they, they were going to go one more month and then they were going to give up and um and so we agreed that we would pray together every day for angie for that month and at the end of the month um she called us and said she was pregnant and uh, it 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 boosted everybody's faith in a big way, and we have not missed a day praying since then. Um, And so, you know, if I am in India, uh, I am in no matter where I am in the world. And I've been to India twice in that period. uh, As the most extreme distance involved and time zones involved, it doesn't matter wherever I am in the world. We pray together every day, and and so um, it's that's been a really a, a, a great thing. So you know, we we prayed regularly, but not every single day. And now we do. And, that, and that's really important.
1: That's amazing. That's a good word for all of us. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about HSLDA. So sure, um, tell us about how HSLDA started and what your vision was then and what it is now.
0: Well, uh, about three or four months into our family starting to homeschool, in 1982, um, the word got around in the Pacific Northwest that there was this lawyer who was a homeschool dad. And I had a regional reputation, um, certainly a statewide reputation at that point in time, because I was running the moral majority of Washington state. And I was in the news a lot. And so, you know, I, I I did both things in the legislature and I did a fair amount of litigation in but what can be called Christian freedom-oriented litigation. And so I started getting a lot of calls um, about people uh, having homeschool legal issues. And I figured out pretty quickly, this is a really good way to go broke because when people want a Christian lawyer, what they really want is a free lawyer. And (laughs) um, and so (laughs) I I, I realized that that wasn't going to work. And um, so you know the idea of starting HSLDA just kind of really popped into my head um and it was you know effectively I, I the analogy was a teachers union we were creating a teachers union for homeschoolers and if you touch one of us we're all going to come to the war and uh, and so in fact one of my favorite memories of all that um was in the 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 case litigation that we did together um and, and let,
1: let me just say this, gaze is the South Carolina Association of Independent yeah. High Schools that Joe and I started in the ninety for those, in 1990, for those of you who may not have heard that.
0: Okay. Actually, now that you say that out loud, I, I realized, no, it was the it was the testing, the teacher testing case yes. that we were yes. doing. That's right. Um, and, and so the, the, um, um, the Attorney General's Office of South Carolina told me they didn't, Think that they could go take as many depositions because we we were th- they were spending too much money on this case and so they couldn't afford it. And So when we could you know have a homeschooler stand together and a the state attorney general's office was not able to keep up with us and the amount of uh, resources that we were devoting to litigation, I knew okay we're on the right track here. That was that was a, r- a really good sign to me. So um, I wanted to be able to bring quality defense to homeschooling, and and basically I thought it was legal everywhere because I. Sp- and focused on the Constitution. And, but I realized pretty quickly that the school officials didn't think so. And so the the battle was on to align school officials' attitude toward homeschooling with the Constitution of the United States. And that took about 25 years to basically win the battle. Uh, and the last big thing was a, a California case around 2005, where we finally kind of closed the door on all those those arguments.
1: Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I remember um, in one of my meetings with the attorney general's representative and then an attorney for the State Department of Education, you had just made oral arguments for the Triple E case. We'll talk about this later at our state Supreme Court. And they called me up and asked me to go to lunch. And they said, "Okay, Zan, HSLDA is the energizer bunny. Like they told you, they just keep taking depositions. We're out of money and we don't get paid for overtime. And so we want all this to go away. And they basically said, you know, we we hate Mike Ferris and we don't like <laughs> you very much more, but <laughs> we trust you. And so here's what we're going to do. So it was really they knew you were a good lawyer. You were the battering ram that just made so many things happen in South Carolina. And it was their great um, respect for you, even they did, even though they didn't want to have that respect for you. That, that really, you know, they knew I had that behind me. It was like I had 600-pound gorilla in the room, and they couldn't push me around. So it's pretty amazing. Thank you.
0: Oh, you're welcome. And I'm trying to lose a little of that weight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was figuratively speaking. Yeah. I, I, so, so did you ever um, imagine that homeschool legal defense would grow to what it is now? You probably Um, did. You probably knew that when you started it. No, I
0: I expected to be that size in about six months. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I'm the most optimistic person in the world. And uh, I've learned that if I take my optimism and add 30 years to it, I might be right. (laughs) Uh, That, um, so, but, you know, realistically, no. I mean, it, it, you know, it was, it was an idea, and uh, for the first three or four years, nobody got paid. It was it was you know so small that we were all effectively volunteers. Uh, I mean, we were paying a a secretary part time or something like that. But but any time type of realistic full time staff that didn't happen for for a while. And uh, but you know God blessed it and it grew and then it really started to grow. So
1: yeah it's pretty amazing over a hundred thousand members now uh, yeah. something else so when so we win all these battles. I mean, I know our battle in South Carolina was about eight or nine years, either in court yeah. or legislation, so and there are other states like that where you were just fighting so many battles at the same time. so then the battles end, and homeschooling is legal statutorily and constitutionally in all fifty states and so did you just start getting restless? What in the world? What <laughs> gave you that? For I, I mean, you're an initiator. I was thinking yeah. that about all the things you started. So once you started HSLDA, there was the Madison Project. There was um, the National Center for Home Education. You could probably name five other things you started during your year, year years like that at HSLDA. Um, and then, so what What was the first thought you had about starting a college? When did you know you wanted to do that?
0: Well, um, there was about 1997, uh, that's approximately right, um, HSLDA, as you well know, has a conference every year for state homeschool leaders. The, right. You know, the conferences for the rank and file uh, homeschoolers are done by state organizations from our perspective, and, and we want to support those. And, and But we wanted to do a conference for the leaders to encourage them. And, and so uh, one year that was at Orlando, And uh, we um, uh, had Larry Burkett, who was at the time a well-known Christian financial advisor at a radio show and so on, had had him as one of our major speakers. And um, I asked his staff if he would meet with our uh, board uh, ahead of time to get some financial advice from him. And they said they would be willing to do that. And so when he walked into the room, I could kind of tell from his body language that he thought, here's another Christian organization deeply in debt, and they want my advice how to get out of debt. And I said to him instead, I said, Mr. Burkett, here's the situation. We've been frugal over the last 17 years or so, and we've saved up, I don't remember how much it was, but I'll say $10 million. Maybe it was probably a little more than that, but we've saved up several million dollars, and we don't know what we're supposed to do with it. Uh, can you help us out? And, uh, and so we talked to him about what kind of a reserve HSLDA should have. And, you know, about his recommendation was three to six months operating expenses. And we had way more than that. And, um, and so I said, so, uh, what do we do with the rest of this? And he said, God didn't give you this money to sit on it, but he gave it to you to serve the people he's called you to serve. And so HSLDA had a meeting, um of the board um, shortly after that. And uh, we put the question in front of the board, uh, what could we do to serve the homeschooling community in, in, specifically and the Christian community in general in a way that nobody else can pull off? Um, and we did a couple of things. We gave a, a decent-sized grant to a fledgling organization that wanted to help uh, homeschool families with special needs kids. and But still, we had millions left over. And... Um, so, I suggested the idea of a college, and it was based on a couple of factors. One was uh, a number of homeschool families were asking me questions. Sometimes kids, mostly parents, who wanted ideas for colleges, and they had parameters they were looking for. They uh, they were interested. You know, everyone wanted a strong uh, school that was you know really faithful to the Word of God. That was that was the starting point, but. And there, there, you know, there's a few schools like that. There's, there, you know, as J. Vernon McGee used to say, there are three kinds of people: there are believers, there are non-believers, and there are make-believers. And uh, that's that's really true of uh, colleges as well. There's non-believing colleges, there's believing colleges, but there are a lot of make-believing colleges. And so, and, and I, I had a pretty good idea of, of which ones were the believing colleges, and there, you know, there's a decent number, not not huge, but a decent number, and um. But they wanted other things. They were interested in classical uh, approach to education. They were interested in apprenticeship approach to education. And in combination, I kept having to say, I don't think there is a college like that. And after about the 40th time I said that, I began to think, you know, there, there might be a need here. Now, the other thread was members of Congress uh, were coming up to me and say, hey, Mike, I'd, I'd like to have a, a sharp home school kid on my staff. And I knew they didn't want a 14-year-old. Um, <laughs> right, And, and right. so... Um, I, I realized that there was an opening, and I'd seen working in Congress for so many years, there was a lot of people working for Congress where the aides were not nearly as uh, conservative or principled as the person they were working for, and they were kind of doing a disservice to the person behind their back.
1: Right, right. Maybe
0: unwittingly, but, but nonetheless, it was it, that was the reality. And so um, I, I blended those two things together and we came up with the idea of Patrick Henry College, where at the to- at the beginning our only gov- our only major was government, and so uh, that we were going to train people to go into political leadership or go into the law. Now, you know, it wasn't too long that we started expanding that to journalism and history and literature and classics. And um, there's now an economics degree called Economics and Business Analytics, and uh, and so uh, and there's a a science degree that I forget the proper name of, but uh, uh, anyhow, it's it's grown since then. But um, but that was the original idea, and uh, we didn't exclusively have homeschoolers, but it was dominated by homeschoolers, uh, right? But eighty five percent of the student body from the beginning has had some experience in homeschooling. Some of them other kinds of experiences, but uh, as well as homeschool. But uh, you know, is we got a bunch of smart kids because of that demographic.
1: That's pretty amazing. You know, one of the things, Mike, that has just always been this, like, thread running through your life, as far as my observation goes, is the way you have a heart to mentor young people. You're amazing the way that you put together the debate teams at Patrick Henry College. That's probably worth mentioning, your moot court um, teams at PHC.
0: Well, yeah, um, the first uh, semester we were going, we got an email from somebody that they were starting an undergraduate Blue court league, and um, you know we were in our we were in our first semester, and the the tournament was on the the weekend that uh, George W. Bush was being inaugurated for the first time, and I was going to a bunch of events, so I just sent a couple of teams down there, utterly unprepared, um, and they didn't do very well. Uh, <laughs> but the next year. Uh, I actually coached the team, and and we did we did better. We we got to the playoff rounds and uh, did better. At, and then about three, maybe it was four years in uh, to the league, we started winning national championships. And at, at this stage, um, the league is now twenty four years old. Uh, only two colleges have ever won more than one national championship: Cal State Long Beach won one in uh, 2004, I think it was, and 2022, and Patrick Henry College has won 13 national championships. Um, So... uh, It's pretty amazing. Yeah, nobody else is even close. And we won one world championship. I got uh, a little stir crazy and wanted to find a way to compete with law schools. And so I um, uh, found a tournament that was sponsored by... uh, a, a university in South Africa and that you had to, uh, the competition was in Geneva, Switzerland at the UN. And to get there, to do the world arguments, you had to be the top five briefs in your region. And our region is North America, Western Europe, and Australia and New Zealand. That's the Good. region. <laughs>
1: small uh, region. Go ahead. Yeah,
0: small region. <laughs> and so the, there are only two American teams that made it in from that region, Yale Law School, and Patrick Henry College with two college sophomores, and 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 we won the world championship in, in Geneva. So, yeah, yeah. So, I didn't know
1: that story. That's that's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Well, I know that Christy, you and Christy, your daughter Christy, who's now Christy Shipe, uh, did a lot to get the debate league going yeah. um, in CFCA in in high yeah. school. And I mean, yeah, I'm
0: originally sure. it was called the HSlda Debate. We, uh, I mean. The reality was I had the idea, and I told Christy, go do this.
1: And she's uh, a go-getter like her dad. Yeah, she she did
0: did most of the work. Uh, And uh, I've often said that of the things that I've started where the least amount of my work for the greatest amount of impact is NCFCA. Um, I mean, a a group of parents basically came alongside of it and uh, took you know offered to take take over the management of it and we you know HSLDA readily accepted the offer because you know we were happy to have got played a role in getting it going um, but we needed to hand it off and, right. and so right. they they did they took it and they, they've done a good job with it and you know I still get to judge uh, some of their tournaments once in a while and uh, it's still a, a very 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 good program <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this was encouraging and inspiring for you. If you would like more information, you can find me at Zantyler.com. Until next time, see you later.